there. It is good to be here, and I just want to start by asking, who are the puzzle people in the room? Yeah, and online, if you want to throw up that emoji, that's fine too. Yeah, well, I, um, there's not many puzzle people in the earth, but um, I am a Christmas season for sure puzzle person, and um, most recently the COVID lockdown puzzle person, um, that's one of the first things I did. Um, I got, you know, when everything was, you know, going to be locked down, I was like, I need to go and get a big tub of Nutella. I need to get uh, a a couple big bags of Chicago mix and snacks and, you know, just peanut M&Ms, and I need to get a puzzle. And that's, that's what I did when everyone was getting toilet paper. Uh, I was getting snacks and a puzzle. So, and actually, it did me well. Like, I'm glad I went with that. Um, interesting fact about puzzles. You would think that a 500-piece puzzle to a 1,000-piece puzzle, you would think that it would double in its difficulty. Not the case. It's not just twice as hard. It's actually four times harder. Who knew? Now, I have to say that the most challenging aspect of a puzzle is not actually finishing a puzzle. It's not finding all the edge pieces at the beginning. It's not putting all those jelly beans in its proper place when the whole puzzle is just jelly beans. This is not the most difficult part of a puzzle. The hardest part of a puzzle is dealing with the emotional trauma of finishing that puzzle after hours and days and sometimes weeks of investing only to discover you have a missing piece. A piece of the puzzle is gone. The level of stress that happens in this moment can only be matched by the pain inflicted by stepping on one single Lego piece. It goes right down into your soul. I mean, it causes you to crumple into a ball. The emotional energy attempts to release through screams, through tears, sometimes silent cries for help, even. It starts with denial. Is this really happening? And then it ends with sorrow. Yes, it happened. The difference is in a couple minutes, that pain inflicted by this Lego piece subsides. But the pain of that missing puzzle piece goes on and on and on and on it goes. All we can see is the missing part. People can encourage us. They may be like, gosh, <laughs> that looks so good. You, wow, you did such a great job. That must have been tough. You did it. But all we see is missing parts. I, I struggle to see the big picture. You know, like here's a picture right here. This is, this is the, the COVID lockdown puzzle. Um, it's Seattle. And uh, you see all those buildings? It was, it was kind of rough, but it was, it was great is what we did. But it, I, I struggle to see this beautiful picture when there is one missing piece. Because I can't appreciate it. I can't appreciate what's in front of me when something is not quite right. So this morning, I would like to ask a question 
to all of you, in light of COVID, in light of transitions, and just life in general, how can I help when all you see is the missing parts? You look around, people are missing. People are missing from your life. And, you know, even, even in general, you know, vacations are hard to come by. And family could be far away. And we've, we've lost loved ones in the past year. And, and pastors in our own church have transitioned. Pastors that you have loved, that you have spent years building friendships and relationships with. Friends maybe have moved on. Or, and you look around and all you see is missing parts. Maybe you lost your job. You had to sell your home. And all you see is missing parts. Parts. You maybe an animal has passed on, a dearly loved dog or, or a cat, and th- this things these things are hard. All you see is missing parts. Your favorite restaurant shut down and never ever reopened, and all you look around and all you see is missing parts. There's disconnection to people. There's to the things we love, to the things that we're familiar with, and it leaves us sad. And we try to cope, but. Honestly, it's difficult to know where to start. And then we often when we feel disconnected in one area of our lives, it begins to infiltrate to every other area. And it may not even be a true feeling, but it feels true. And then we come to church and it's a place where where we, we should feel a sense of belonging and connectivity, but we feel distant and not needed, maybe. Not feeling connected to the body. What can we do to change this? So whether, if you're online or you're here this morning, I need to tell you that you belong. I don't believe for a second it's this random act of the patterns of life where that you just happen to engage with us today. I believe that it was designed by Jesus. I believe that it's a heaven-sent plan. And, and I believe that each of you have value and you have placement. Each piece, each piece, each part of a whole has permanence. And that permanence has value, is valuable. See, the missing pieces, we, we can't help but see, but we, we can't bring them back. And, and, but maybe... Just maybe you're the one to make that puzzle complete again. Maybe just maybe those missing pieces that are gone now left a hole for you to fill. See, heaven's big picture for your life and for your church does not get derailed with change. But rather it's continually filled as we allow our lives to take shape and to, and to be what it was designed to be. And this, this could be your moment because your part matters. Your part matters to us. And, and the body, the body of Christ and the church body, it still exists and I believe it's still complete. See, in the natural, if, if, you, if you lose a limb, you have to do without the function of that part. In the spirit, If a part moves location, the body will still have all its function. Because God will not allow the body to continue with a limp 
forever. He will not allow the body to be incomplete forever because he moves people around. He shifts us and he forms us and he places us according to his will and his design so that the body has full function. It's miraculous. It's supernatural. We need your part. We need your part. As big or as little you may feel it is, we need your part. It's imperative for you and it's imperative for the body. So how, how can I help? How can I help you be okay? Even during this time of loss. How can I help you be okay even when you're confused and you're sifting through that? I believe that in, in times of pain, in times when we lack clarity, we must redirect our focus from inward to outward. I, I really believe that, and I believe it really changes a lot of things. There's a pastor by the name of Rod Loy, and he wrote a book, and the book was called Help, I'm in Charge. And at the end of the book, he talks about how it's human nature in times of uncertainty to result to natural selfishness. He shared uh, at the end of how his wife was diagnosed with cancer, and they were shook. It was a natural response to recoil, to focus inward, to be fearful of outcomes, to wonder about finances, to wonder about my family, how are things going to be. Days into the news that they received about his wife, he said to her, We need to increase our giving. I mean, it seems odd, right? Absolutely, she said. This is a wonderful time to give more. That was her response. They decided, he said, to increase their tithe by $100 a week. I was like, wow. For the duration of this journey. Why? Because they decided to fight the natural selfishness that can come with being sick. That's what they said. When you're sick or struggling, our focus can turn, and not for everyone. We're just saying in general, if you look at patterns of life, this is what happens. Your focus can turn to, will I survive this? What must I do next? How do I endure the pain? And what will I miss out on? These are the things that even subconsciously Consciously, we begin to think about. Our focus turns inward and we attempt to hold on to everything that we have, almost just like a reflex. It's our way of creating and controlling an element of of certainty in the midst of the uncertainty. It's like the one thing we can control. He said by increasing their giving, they were releasing three messages out there. One to themselves, that their trust was in the Lord. That circumstances would not change that truth. Two, he said to the enemy, we were saying cancer will not stop us from trusting God and will not make us put our security back into our own hands. And three, he said we're sending a message to, to the Lord that our hope in you has not changed and will not change. You are our source, you are our provider, and you are our protector. We must respond to uncertainty with risk. A faith risk. 
We need to stop looking around and instead look up. We need to end the battle to be selfish, to increase our giving, do something for someone else, share the goodness of God, stay engaged in community or up your engagement in ministry and be the best body part we can be. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Maybe you know it well, starting at verse 12. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. Then in verse 14, he said, I want you to think about all this makes you more significant, not less. See, a body just isn't a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I am not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to the body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, transparent and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If body was all I, how could it hear? If ear, if all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each body part right where he wanted it. Verse 19. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from being blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you're a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand would be a, wouldn't be a body, but a monster. <laughs> what we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. And if you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? Okay. I mean, the jury's still out on that one, but yeah. Right. See, the puzzle completed with a missing piece seems impossible to move on from. That feeling of incompletion and disappointment is real. But sometimes what we see in front of us isn't the true reality of what actually is and more so what actually could be. See, the picture on the box, that's the vision. That's the vision. That's what it could be if we stopped focusing on the hole that's left in the puzzle. But all it takes is a shift from our focus. If I choose to keep looking at the puzzle, thinking about the work, the time invested, or I can look at what it was meant to be and what it can be, I can shift my focus to the intention and not the mishap. It's a move from inward to outward. See, things are going to happen in life and pieces move on and parts get lost. But Jesus is faithful to redeem and to restore. And sometimes it just takes another look, another perspective, another person. 
Have you ever looked for something, exhausted all your efforts? You're at, you're literally at the end of yourself. You're like, it has disappeared. Only to have someone walk into the room and in two seconds, they find that very thing. <laughs> yes. I spend my life finding those things. You know it. You guys know. Yeah, just I was like, it's true. Oh, are you looking for this piece? In a moment, everything changes. It was there all the time. It just took a shift in the focus. It took a second look. It took another perspective. It took another person. That person was that missing piece. See, it's not so much about the hole that's being filled as it is about the person filling it. Because you, just you, you alone are more important than what you can do. You, just you. First Corinthians 12 again. Let's keep going. 25. The way God designed our bodies, it says, is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part involved hurts. Is involved in the hurt and is involved in the healing. If one part flourishes, every part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only you, as you accept your part of the body, does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts God has formed in his church, which is his body, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But it's obvious by now, isn't it, that Christ's church is a complete body and not a gigantic uni dimensional part. But I want to lay out a far better way for you. See, 1 Corinthians 12 is all about the body and the parts in the church. But 1 Corinthians 13 turns into the famous love chapter, a far better way for you because you can't have the body without the love chapter. Let's talk about ligaments for a minute. He's like, Ooh. Our ligaments hold us together. They connect our bones and they keep us in place. The family of God, the church, is no different. We have ligaments in the church that hold us together. You're like, huh. Ephesians 4, verse 1. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk wholly in a way that is suitable to your high rank. With humility, patience, gentleness, generous love towards another. Be faithful, verse 3, it says, to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. That word bond in its original language means ligaments by which the members of the human body are united together. So literally translated, that verse reads, being faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Spirit among you in the ligament of of peace. Peace, a ligament of the church body. Now, Matthew 
5, 9, it says, how joyful you are when you make peace, for you'll be recognized as a true child of God. Okay, we are peacemakers. We are not just peacekeepers. We can keep the peace. That is a good thing to do when there is peace to keep the peace. But if there is not peace, we are required as child of, uh, of children of God to create peace where we go. So literally we can go into chaos, into arguments, into challenges, and we can create peace because we are peacemakers. When we do this, we are utilizing the ligament of peace in the body, and we are being the family that we're supposed to be bonding ourselves together. When we don't, when we cause division, we cause strain, we are literally tearing the family apart. Because a torn ligament is very painful. There's another ligament as well. Colossians 3, 14. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourselves in love, which is the perfect bond of unity. It's the same Greek word. Love is the perfect ligament of unity. Love will hold us together. See, when a part of the body is injured, another part compensates. It takes the burden off a little. And that's how a family should work. That love that bonds us together will rise to suffering, to pain. But it also rises to celebration and to victories. Peace and love are ligaments holding us together. So if we're not loving and we're not making peace, our ligaments aren't in function and they are torn. And we are literally tearing our family apart. This is painful. We, when we encourage the bonds of peace and love, it goes a long way to functioning as a strong family should. And when we are a strong family, we can incorporate new pieces into the family, new body parts, new people easily. And they don't even have to do anything when they first show up. They can just be here to be who they are and to receive healing and freedom. And while we just love them and wrap them and keep them safe, Peace and love will also release people when it's time, when they're like, like, I feel God moving me on. We can be okay with that and not hold on to people with strings and expectations that we were never meant to put on them. We need to operate with open hand as God brings in and as God takes away. It's okay. We are that family. We may not look like it. Not right now. But remember the vision. We could be if we just take another look. We are becoming that family. It's going to cost us something, though. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take risk. And it's going to be risk on people. And it's going to take risk on each other. And it's going to be hard work to show genuine love, to make peace, and to let pain heal. And it may cost money, and we don't have any. <laughs> And it may cost time, and we're all spent <laughs> and energy, but we're tired. We don't have endless resources right now, and we're low on those things, but I'm telling you what, you're worth it. You're worth the extra. We're worth it. We're worth it together. We want to help, and we want you to want to help, and we need your help. <laughs> we want to be a family held together with peace. Embodied love, helping, holding, placing, belonging. 
if you've watched the show um, New Amsterdam at all, and Craig mentioned this a few weeks ago, how can I help? And it's the medical director of this big hospital, and uh, his whole premise, his whole reason for existing in the hospital, he's just like, how can I help? How can I help? And uh, I just, just want to just take a minute and just, um, we're going to show this clip. How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Will this cost more money? Yes, but. Can we turn up the volume, please? Who's with me? I'd give you five stars on Yelp if I had a computer. We need to provide better care with fewer resources, but I need your help. I need your ideas. Okay, I'm just gonna do this until somebody speaks. I'm gonna go ahead, it's gonna become a robot now. It's just gonna go downhill from here. Does anybody have anything, just one idea? We care for people at the lowest points in their lives, and we do it no matter who they are, or where they're from, or whether or not they can pay. That's the gig. And yes, I understand everything costs something, but these people, they trust us, and that trust is sacred. We need to break the chain, but we can only help people if we ourselves are willing to take risks. Let's stand. Stand with me. We need to provide better care <laughs> with fewer resources. People are worth the risk. If you're here and you're feeling no peace and no love, you feel the torn ligaments in the body. The Father is here to heal today. In a moment, he can fix those ligaments for you. If you're here, you just look around and you're like, all I can see is the missing parts in my life, in my church, in my family, in my job, in my community, in my school. And you just need wholeness once again. And you just need healing once again. And you need forgiveness once again. The Father's here. He doesn't want you to stay that way. He doesn't want us to stay that way. He sees the big picture. He sees it all. If that's you and you want prayer, just raise your hand. If anyone would like someone to come and pray with them, just raise your hand real quick. Right here. Anyone else? And if you see someone with a raised hand, just go right to them. Anyone else? Let's just be the body right now. And let's just surround. And let's release healing. And let's release peace and love. Father, we just thank you that you're with us. We just thank you that you are desperate for your people 
and that you will remove any obstacle to see them come into freedom and alignment and love and peace and joy once again. You gave it all when you gave Jesus. And you are no different here in this moment right now. I pray for a healing river to come right now and just wash in this place. Father, just release a healing river in this house of worship right now. As a body this morning too, I wanna to call us to action. How can we help each other? How can I help? Maybe you're like, I, I want to help. I want to do something. I want to do my part. I have a part. I know I do. And I, I haven't been utilized in, in, in the past. And I want to be used by God. And I want to find my place. And I want to be placed in the puzzle once again. One way you can help is to do the a work of a peace placer. Help us help others. Maybe you're fine. Maybe you found someone and you're like, ah, they, ha they have a role, man. They're good at this. And you find that piece laying on the open floor and you're like, I'm just going to help put that person in its place. Someone that was missed, someone that was overlooked, someone that, that just never ever had an opportunity. Another way is to allow your life, your peace to be placed. Because sometimes that's just going to take forgiveness because you've been hurt. Or you believe that you weren't enough in the past. You need to cancel those lies because you are enough. And lastly, remember that God sees you even when others fail you. And if you have been one that's been undervalued and underappreciated, maybe it's time just to let that go. If I've missed you, God didn't. And he sees you. And you have a place. So if that's you and you're like, I want to be placed or I want to be a peace placer, just raise your hands. And I'm just going to release just a, um, a revelation of where that peace should be where you see yourself, where God sees you. And, and, and just a, a moment of highlight, I believe. A moment of highlight that you would be seen, because I know you're seen by God, but I, you know the Bible talks about having favor with God and with man. And when we come under alignment with his authority and who he's placed uh, in authority and what, and, and what he's doing in his church, when we come in alignment with that, I believe that we can have favor both with God and with man. And I just want to release that favor over you, that you would be seen by God and seen by man in this season. So in Jesus' name, I just pray for just a release of favor over everyone in this place right now that would say, you know what, I want to help people find their place, and I also want to be placed because I am desperate to be used by God in the area of calling that he has for my life. And I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. I want to be placed by God for such a time of this so we can be a healthy body, so we can function in all the parts, and that so we can move on 
into the destiny and the redemptive purpose for our church and for our city and for our nation and for the nations of the world. That our reach would extend the borders of what it's been and it would go on and on and on to its full function. In Jesus' name, Father, and let's just all agree right now. Let's just all say together, for your glory, God. For your glory, God. Just say it with me. For your glory, God. For your glory, God. It's not about me. For your glory, God. For your glory, God. Yeah, let's lift it up. Let's praise him because he is worthy to be praised because it's for your glory, God. It's for your glory. It is for you. It is for you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said, amen, amen.